0: Oh man, I'm so nervous. You guys are scary, you really are. That would hurt my throat so bad. Like, I would just leave after five minutes. How are you guys? Good, I'm excited to be able to speak. I've never actually spoken at a camp before. It's really easy when it's in your own home youth group. But when it's all these people you don't know, it's kind of scary. But I feel like I've gotten to know a lot of you over this week. So, hey, awesome. I would like to start with a story. And I like this story. And there's a ton of reverb on my voice right now. Brad. There we go. We're good. Here's my story. I like this story. So many years ago, there was this little old... English lady. Super sweet lady. Like, super nice. And all she wants to do is go to India. She just wants to go to India. She wants to go on, like, a missions trip and, like, just visit, like, little Indian kids in their schools. Super sweet lady. But she was a little bit concerned because she was old about, like, the bathroom situation over there. She's like, you know, if I'm going to India, like, I can handle the food, but I need a good bathroom, right? Like, you got to have a good bathroom. Like, I don't want to, like, Use, like, some hole in the side of the road. Like, I I want a bathroom. So she writes a letter to the schoolmaster, and she says, my dear schoolmaster, do you know the situation? What is the condition of the WC? Now, WC, who knows what that means? What? Water closet, which in England means bathroom. It's like a closet where there's water and, like, a toilet, obviously, And so she's like, what's the situation with the WC? Now, in India, they have no idea what that means. So the schoolmaster's like, WC? What does that mean? So he asks the priest, what's the WC? And the priest goes, oh, she's talking about a wayside chapel, a church. She's asking about the church. So they write her back a letter, and it's pretty hilarious because she's thinking they're writing about the WC, which is the bathroom. So I'm going to read the letter to you. Dear Madam, I take great pleasure in informing you that the WC is located nine miles from the house. It is located in the middle of a grove of pine trees surrounded by lovely leaves. It is capable of holding 229 people and is open on Sundays and Thursdays. As there are many people expected in the summer months, I suggest you arrive early. There is, however, plenty of standing room. Now this is an unfortunate situation especially if you are in the habit of going regularly. It may be of some interest to you that my daughter was married in the WC (laughs) as it was there that she met her husband. It was a wonderful event, there were 10 people in every seat. It was wonderful wonderful to see the expressions on their faces. We took photos from many different angles. My wife, sadly, has been ill and unable to go recently. It's been almost a year since she last went, which pains her greatly. You'll be pleased to know that many people bring their lunch and make a day out of it. Others prefer to wait till the last minute and arrive just in time. I would would recommend your ladyship plan to go on a Thursday as there is an organ accompaniment. The acoustics are excellent, even the most delicate sounds can be heard by everyone. (laughs) The newest addition is a bell which rings every time a person enters. We're holding a bazaar to provide plush seats for all since it's been felt it's been required for a long time we have those. I look forward to escorting you there myself and seating you in a place where you can be seen by all. (laughs) With deepest regards, the schoolmaster. So, that has nothing to do with the Steady, but I just thought it was awesome, so I wanted to share it with you. <clears throat> if you don't know me, I'm Aaron. Here's, here's what you need to know. Here's my backstory. I'm 5'11". When I sneeze, it sounds like a chihuahua exploding. <laughs> and I love the Muppets, like, ridiculously. Like, when I watch Sesame Street, I can look at Ernie and tell you who's doing his voice and what other two guys are operating his hands. I, like, know their names and, like, their backstories, and I've, like, stalked them at their house, and it's super creepy, but, you know. So, I would like to look at a lot of different verses today, but I'd like you just to turn to one. I don't want you flipping around all over the place. Um, so, we're just going to look at one verse for right now. It's Luke Fourteen twenty-six. Now, here's the thing: when we look at this verse, I don't want you to read it until we everyone's ready. So don't sneak peek. No sneak peeking. This verse is intense. You sneak peek, you're just gonna be like, whoa, whoa. This verse is madness. Are you guys peeking? You are, aren't you? Some of you are sneaking a peek at that verse. You dogs. Did I tell you a verse? Luke 14, 26. I think I told you guys to not sneak peek at a verse I never told you to look at. You're like, I'm just flipping through my Bible. I don't know. Hey, if you're looking for Luke, it's in between Genesis and Revelation, if that helps. Yeah. You're welcome. My favorite book of the Bible is the book of Second Opinions. It's a good one. Second Opinions, chapter 12. All right, who's there, raise your hand. Did you sneak a peek, raise your hand if you did. You cheaters. All right, here we go. Let's read this, are you ready for this? This is Jesus talking. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciples. Jesus, I thought you were nice. What's going on? Hate my mom and dad. Some of you guys are like, yes, this is what I came to camp. You come home, what'd you learn, sweetie? That I hate you. And the pastor said, it's okay. Yes. (laughs) Okay. That's not what I'm trying to teach you. Please don't go home and be like, I hate you, mom. Aaron said, it's cool. (laughs) Because that's not what Jesus is saying. You see, it's an idiom. What? Did he just call me an idiot? No, I didn't. An idiom, it's like another meaning, right? When the Hebrews used that word hate, it wasn't necessarily employed as like, I hate you. But more like, I love you less than I love something else. To hate, in this case, it means to love less. You tracking with me? To love less. Now, to put it in perspective, I love my wife so stinking much my gosh like like when you wake up and you look over and like just this beautiful smiling face and it's like yes i have accomplished much in life i have married a princess like it's just like it's the best thing ever to be married not yet don't get married tomorrow you don't have my permission but one day it's like the best thing ever and i just i have this love for her where it's just like Everything you say, like, every little look, like, it's like, I just, everything. You're, you're perfect. I, I'm obsessed with you. Now, I also love chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. Oh, my gosh. So much. You didn't clap that much for my wife. Come on. So, chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It's creamy, and it's rich, and it's just Amazing, And there's these chunks of cookie dough. They're just so luscious and they just melt in your mouth. And it's like, I seriously take every opportunity I can. Like when I go to Cold Stone, it's like, I'm going to get chocolate chip cookie dough with cake batter and graham cracker. Like always, always. When I go to frozen yogurt, like cake batter ice cream or frozen yogurt with like cookie dough. Like I just pour cookie dough on. I put cookie dough on the bottom. I put cookie dough on the top. I love cookie dough. Some of you guys could probably tell that I do. But my love for cookie dough ice cream makes, it's it's not the same. My love for my wife makes my love for cookie dough ice cream seem like hatred. It's that much different. My love for my wife is this big. Comparison, my love for cookie dough ice cream is like this big. Like it looks like I don't even care about it at all. Now if my wife's like not in the room and there's just cookie dough ice cream, then I'm focused on it. I'm like, yes. But if my wife comes in, it's like, oh, I love you so much more than this cookie dough ice cream excellent. What Jesus is trying to say to us here is that our love for him needs to be so much more than our love for any other relationship that we have. He's not saying you need to hate everybody but him, but he's saying your love for him should make your love for everyone else look like hate because it's so much smaller in comparison. That, mean, that doesn't mean love people less. That doesn't mean like go home and be like, oh, hey mom, I went to camp and now I love you less but it just means love Jesus more. Let your love for Jesus increase and get bigger. Now, I've been asked by my friend Paul to talk about relationships, and so I wanna start by talking about relationships that are pretty close to home. Let's start with your parents. Now, there is nothing wrong with loving your parents. That's biblical. In the Bible, it says honor your father and mother. It says love your parents, right? You know. When Scotty and his friends were in junior high, those guys were pretty tough. Like, I remember, like, that was a tough class. Like, they were just, like, they were, like, men, you know? These were, like, tough guys. I was, like, these guys are awesome. Like, they're just super, like, like, they, like, fall down and, like, break their leg. And I'm, like, you need to call home? They're, like, no, I'm fine. I'll just fix it myself and, like, snap it back or something. Like, they were just, they were hardcore. Now... I can say this about these guys because they just went into high school, but the recent 8th grade class, and those of us that know who those guys are, not so much. They, they got there, you know, but like, in like junior high, like in 6th grade, like when they came in, like I honestly had never seen such a bunch of mama's boys. Like at camp, every night, I need to call my mom, I need to call my mom, I need to call my mom. Why? Because I love her. <laughs> Like, I was like, seriously, like, you don't have a good reason? Like, we're at camp. Like, that's the point. You get away from, like, all oh, what's wrong with you? They'll grow up one day. They're on their way. They're on their way. <sighs> maybe some of you guys are mama's boys. You know, maybe it's, like, every, every chance you get, it's just, like, I love you, mom. That was me, honestly. Like I, like, I got to a point in high school where my mom's, like, you need to stop, like, hugging me so much. Like, it is getting out of control Like twenty times a day, you are a high schooler.
1: Come on,
0: like that was me, mama's boy. Totally, just I love my mom. I love giving her hugs. Like I love love my mom. Maybe some of that. Maybe maybe that's you. Maybe some of you girls. Maybe you're maybe your daddy's princess. Maybe you're just daddy's little girl, and just everything's like daddy, daddy. Can I have a pony? Can I have a pony? And your dad's like, how can I resist those eyes? Yes. I don't know. Has anybody ever actually gotten a pony? Yeah, you're a guy, that's crazy, that's weird. Please tell me you don't, you're not daddy's princess, right? Oh my gosh, this is just getting out of control. Okay, that's all cool. Families are a good thing, seriously. It is good, it's like, I tell, this is what I tell junior hires, okay? Like all of you guys have a mission in life, all right? And God's number one, like, purpose for you right now is, like, honor your mother and father. Some of you guys are, like, blown away. Like, oh, why would I do that? Like, that's crazy. But that's the responsibility God's given you. And God says if you're faithful in the little things, you'll, you'll be faithful in the big things. But some of us, we have a hard time respecting our parents. We have a hard time honoring our father and mother. But God's like, that's, that's your purpose right now. Like, you were walking around, like, what does God want me to do? What's my purpose in life? What am I meant for? And God's like, just... Honor your mother and father right now. Gosh, it's in my word. Come on. Like, that's what—that's what, one of the biggest things. Honor your mother and father. Love your brothers and sisters. Like, your younger brothers and sisters, like, those aren't just annoying pests that you want to murder. Those are, like, those are like your young wards, you know? Like, Batman and Robin. Like, God has entrusted your brothers and sisters to you for you to be able to be Jesus to them. Like, you're supposed to, like, get everything you can from Jesus and then just, like, ugh, like, spit it back out on your brothers and sisters. Now, I don't mean to, like, literally spit up on your brothers and sisters. Some of you guys probably love doing that kind of stuff. But you're supposed to be Jesus to them, if that makes sense. Like, you're supposed to be the best example of Jesus you can to your little brothers and sisters. It's a God-given responsibility that God has entrusted all of you guys with. And I know that's hard. Like, I know some of you guys are like, oh, I hate my brother! I hate him. Last year at winter camp, um, like Evan Wickham did this study, like with the guys, and he was like, you know, how many of you guys like have a bad relationship with your brother? And I remember this one kid was like sitting next to his brother, and he's like, I hate him, I hate him. Like just super gnarly. Some of us have bad relationships with our siblings. For instance, Amanda can't stand her. Go home, leave. Just kidding. I love Amanda. She's awesome. But some of us have bad relationships with our siblings. And that is something, like, we need to understand, like, this counts all about surrender, right? We need to surrender our relationships to the Lord. What does that mean? What does that look like? That means if you have a relationship with your siblings, if you're doing that on your own, it's like, man, when my brother mouths off, I'm going to smack him upside the head. I'm going to kick him in the shins. I'm going to hang a loogie over his head. Like, I'm just going to do super mean things to him because I hate him. He's like a little me, but uglier. You have like a little sister and you're like, she steals all my clothes constantly. Anybody have that problem? Like Amanda was just stealing all my clothes constantly. Doesn't look good on you. And when I stole her clothes, that, it just never worked. We, it didn't work out. I was like a senior. She's like a freshman. What's our age difference? I don't even know. Six years. I can't do math. You figure it out. Work it out amongst yourselves. But what I'm saying to you guys is your relationships with your brothers and sisters, if that's surrendered to the Lord, then that means when you get mad at them, like, you're going to take it up with the Lord. You're not going to respond in, like, anger and go up and smack them, but you're going to say, all right, I've surrendered this relationship to Jesus. What does it mean to surrender? It means, like, I'm giving control to somebody else. Like, if I surrender my car keys to one of you you'll die. You'll drive it off the mountain. But I've given you control, stupidly. And then I go to jail because they're like, why did you give car keys to a junior hire? You are absolutely the worst person ever. So that would happen. But surrender means to give control of what you have to someone else. So if you have relationships with your family, if you're surrendering that to the Lord, then that means the Lord is in control. That means it's not up to you anymore. That means when you get mad, you shouldn't respond in anger. You shouldn't be able to just feel like justified, like, like, and I remember being a sibling, and I was like, I totally have the right to smack my sister upside the head because she's being a jerk right now, because I'm the older brother, and that's my responsibility. That's my it's my responsibility to lay down the law because I'm the older brother. But what I didn't realize was that wasn't my responsibility at all. My responsibility was to love. My responsibility was to encourage. Like, how many of us encourage our siblings? Like, how many of us go up to our siblings and say, hey. Little Johnny, I've been praying for you. If you said that to your sibling, they'd probably like have a heart attack and die. Oh, who are you? Where's my real brother? (laughs) Like, it'd be crazy. Be crazy. But that's something that the Lord has called us to do. Like, here's the thing: we're all the family of God. Like, God's given you siblings to help you practice how to interact with the rest of your brothers and sisters in Christ. You live with these people. And it's so easy to like, get mad at people like, when we live in close quarters. But God has given you these people in your life, your parents and your siblings. And it's like, it's like your practice round to like, interact with the rest of the world. And it's true. Like, a lot of times they say, the way you treat your mom is the way you'll end up treating your wife. You know, like, The way you treat your brothers and sisters, it, it translates a lot over into how you treat other people and the way you act towards other people. God's given you guys an awesome opportunity to be loving and examples to your brothers and sisters, whether old or young. And to be just loving to them. And to just surrender your relationship to the Lord. Now, on the other side of it, there's probably some of you guys who have family where they're not necessarily church people. Like, they're not necessarily walking with Jesus. And you've come up here to camp... And you've left this home life in this home situation where your family like is just all about the world. Like that's what they care about. Like they're like, let's party. Like let's like I don't care if you're a junior higher. Like we're gonna drink around you. We're gonna get drunk around you. Like we're, maybe even for some of you, like there's like drugs and stuff involved. I know that happens. I, I know that kind of stuff goes down. You know, some families are like bad examples to us, and what I want to ask you guys is, have you surrendered that relationship, that family relationship to Jesus, where when you go home, you're going to stand for what God has called you to stand for? Are you going to, like, give in and just be a part of what they're doing because it's your family? Because that's hard. Like, most of us, like, even though sometimes we, like, don't admit it, we love our families, and, like, we want to do what our families do, and, like, we want to be a part of the family. And so when the family is in sin, like, it's so easy for us to get sucked into it, because everyone, like, I, 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 I was talking to a kid the other day, and like, they're like cousins and like parents and like everybody, they just get together and just party and get drunk all the time. And it's this junior high kid, and they're like surrounded by that all the time, like no good examples in their life. And for some of you guys, I believe that's totally you. What I want to ask you guys is your relationship with Jesus, like, is that more important to you? Like, do you love Jesus more that when your family is sinning, are you going to stand for what's Right? And I don't mean like, all right, guys, if your family's in sin, like pack it up and hit the road and like go join a monastery and become a monk or a nun. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is you guys, through Jesus, can be such a light to your families. Like, if you consider yourself a disciple of Jesus Christ, not just like a Christian, like, I'm a fan, hey Jesus, I'm a fan, I follow you on Twitter. I I read all your sayings. I I think you're awesome. Like that's a fan. But a disciple, that's someone who's like, Jesus is my master. I'm going to follow him. Where he goes, that's where I'm going to go. What he says, that's what I'm going to say. What he teaches me, I'm just going to suck it up. I'm just going to absorb it, make it part of myself. If that's you, you're going to be filled with this light. And guess what? God, I believe for some of you guys, God has born you into a family of sin so that he can use you as a light. And you look at your situation and you're like, this is terrible, my family's in sin, like, I wish I was part of some other family. But God's like, I've put you here. You're my secret agent. I've planted you on a secret mission to be a light in a dark place. But it can't happen without surrender, without surrendering those relationships to the Lord. Now, the next thing I wanna look at is friendships. Now, we love our friends, right? We love them. Man, you guys don't love your friends very much. If you have a friend, if you have a friend right now, turn to the friend next to you and say, you are a terrible friend. Mm. Let's hear it again, right? We love our friends, right? Yeah. All right. Has anybody made any like really, really, really good like new friends here at camp? New friends? Awesome. Awesome. All right, hold on, bring it back, bring it back, bring, use the force, bring it back. I don't know what that was supposed to be, but we love our friends, and camp is awesome because you make all these new friendships, and it's like all about brotherly love, like I love hanging out with the guys because they're always like, I love you, bro, I love you, man, you're like my best friend, and like all you guys, like, I don't even know you, I don't like I, but I just, I just meet you guys and like a lot of you dudes here at camp, like come up to me, you're like, I love you bro, I'm like, I love you bro, I don't know your name, but I love you bro, my mind is like not a steel trap, like I can only hold so much information, that's why I like th- throw up the rest of the information on my phone and like keep it on here for reference, but like my brain can only hold like two things at a time, so like right now I'm thinking about the steady and pizza, so, oh, so good, um, and then you guys are like skipping around camp holding hands and singing F is for friends who do stuff together U is for you and me F is for anywhere at time at all down here in the deep blue sea F is for fire that burns down the whole town U is for uranium bombs and is for no survivors yeah. SpongeBob It's the greatest Alright, sorry I am a distraction to myself. I'm distracting you from my own points. I'm terrible. What I want to ask you guys is, are your friendships that you have that we hold so dear, are your friendships totally surrendered to Jesus? You might think, like, what does that mean to have surrendered friendships? Like, is that like, like me and my friends, like, hold hands, walk up to Jesus, and we go, we surrender. You hold up the white flag in your shirt. It's like, we give up. Just just do it. Just kill us now. What I mean by that is, is Jesus the center of your relationships? Is he the center of your friendships? Do you guys know what a third wheel is? Raise your hand if you know what a third wheel is. Okay, like on one of my first, me and my wife, we had a lot of unofficial dates. Like like we're not like dating, but like we were like secretly dating and we didn't even know it. We went to Bible college in England. Who's seen Pride and Prejudice? Yeah, all the guys are like, I hate that movie. Oh my gosh. When you get married, like, I'm just telling you, it's going to be like a regular viewing in your home. I'm telling you. Light, right, ladies? No. no? Okay, well, whatever. But in Pride and Prejudice, there's like that place where Mr. Dartsy, Mr. Dartsy? Mr. Dartsy. Hello, Mr. Dartsy. Mr. Darcy. It's such a f- sissy name. Hi, I'm Mr. Darcy. (laughs) But Mr. Darcy lived at this place called Chatsworth. Chatsworth. I can't talk today. Chatsworth. It's this beautiful, like, mansion with, like, this huge, like, waterfall steps. And, like, it's just, it's beautiful. And we got to go there on a field trip. And it was awesome because I was, like, I totally was, like, Brooklyn's cool. I like Brooklyn. And, like, we were, like, in this big group. And then, like, all of a sudden that big group, like, turned into, like, It was, like, 12 people, and then all of a sudden, like, whittled down, and, like, people left, and it was, like, seven people, and, like, whittled down and, like, left, and all of a sudden, it was, like, me, Brooklyn, and then Mr. Third Wheel, Chris Lomas, and this guy, Chris, if you're listening to this, I love you, but did you have to bring your kilt to Bible college and wear it constantly? That was weird. Did you have to spend all of your money on weapons that you couldn't even take home on the airplane? He bought like swords and like nunchucks and it was like really weird. He was like a southern goth, which was like the weirdest thing I had ever seen in my life. And he was like, like, hey there, I'm Chris. You want to go down Morrison's and paint our fingernails black? I was like, you're weird. Please take that kilt off. Wait, no, don't. No. No. Go in the other room first. So me and Brooklyn are all together and it gets whittled down and it's like me, her, and then like Chris. And we're like cruising around and I'm like, Trying to talk to her, and he's like, oh, "Like, hey there, guys. How you doing there? Yeah, see my kilt. It's awesome, right?" And I'm like, "Oh, go away, you freak!" <laughs> and eventually, he left, and me and Brooklyn like had this awesome romantic walk, and you know, it was super sweet. Um, I know, I know, I know. But total third wheel. Now, for some of you guys, like Jesus is like your third wheel. Like you've got like your relationship like with your friends, and Jesus is just like off there by the side, like, "Hey guys." Can I hang out? And you're like, mm, no, you can just, just but don't, don't say anything. Like we're, we're good. Like Jesus, you're, yeah, you're lame. Like that's, that's the way we treat Jesus sometimes. Like we don't let him be a part of our friendships and our relationships. Now you guys are like, what are you talking about? Like I'm at church camp. Like I go to church with my friends. Of course, Jesus is a part of our relationship. I'm asking you guys like with your friends and you know who like your friends are. Like we've got like friends and then we've got like friends, like the people we're tight with. The people you're tight with, what I want to ask you, is "Is Jesus the center of your relationship? And what I mean by that is, like, do you guys pray together, like, as friends? Or is it just, like, we hang out, we, like, have fun, but we, like, never, ever, ever bring Jesus into it? I have, like, really good friends who, like, encourage me now. um, But, like, when we were younger, like, that was something we struggled with. Like, we had fun and we hung out, but we never really brought the Lord into it. And I regretted it. Because that's like what I really, all of us have like deep down in our hearts, like a desire for like those kind of friendships, the kind of friendships that encourage us and strengthen us. Do you pray for your friends? Do you pray with your friends? Do you encourage your friends? Like, do you like pray specifically for your friends and then like ask the Lord, like speak me something for my friends? And you get it and you go, hey, this is from the Lord to you. He spoke it to me. Like, is that something that happens in your relationship? If it doesn't, then I'd ask you like, are... Are you surrendering your relationship to the Lord? Are you even thinking about the Lord? Like, I'm going to bring him into my relationship. It's so important. In Proverbs 13:20, it says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. It's saying, the people you walk with, make sure the people who are your friends are people who love Jesus, who are people who are wise in that they have Jesus in their hearts. In Romans 12:10, it says, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. I love that verse because, guys, like, we're all about like outdoing. It's like, you see that rock that I launched over? Yeah, dude, I could totally launch over like the chapel. Okay, I do it. Like, it's, <coughs> we're always like trying to outdo each other. Well, here's a way to outdo each other. In the Bible, it says, outdo each other in showing honor and showing love. Like, seriously? Just go in the cabin, and if, like, your brother, like, not your little brother, but like, if your Christian brother has like a messy cabin, like, clean it up for him. No. Sam, do it. <laughs> he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Sammy, I love you, Sam. I know. But seriously, like, try to outdo each other, not like in stupid stuff, like, hey, dude, like, I can totally eat like 30 hot dogs. Well, I can eat thirty-one, I can eat thirty-two, I can eat sixty. Are you for real? Oh my gosh. Here's another one. Ephesians four, twenty-nine through thirty-two says, Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace towards those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit of God, for by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave us. What it's saying is, like, love your friends. Like, don't let any slanderous talk come out of your mouth. This is a big one in junior high, and ladies, I am talking specifically to you right now. The gossip thing, it's crazy. Like, we... We have, like, oh, you're my best friend. I hate her. She should die. <laughs> like, this happens all, I see it all the time. Like, kids come up to me, like, I hate that girl. I'm like, why are you telling me I'm your youth pastor? You're supposed, to, like, seriously, you hate her that much? I just saw you, like, hugging her the other day. Like, what is going on? The Bible says, let no slanderous talk. Basically, that means if you don't have something nice to say about somebody, don't say it. If your relationship is surrendered to Jesus Christ, and i don't just mean like your best friends but even your enemies your relationships if they're surrendered to Jesus that means that you're not going to talk bad about them behind their back that means that you're going to love them and pray for them the end of that verse listen it says be kind to one another tender hearted forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave us think about like what your friend did like she gave me a dirty look in the cafeteria <laughs> think about what you did You've been sinning your entire life. Like God made you and you just, you rebelled against him. And you're, we were supposed to go to hell. That was supposed to be our punishment. And God's like, I love them so much, I'm going to forgive them. But we can't even forgive the chick who gives us a dirty look in the cafeteria. That's stupid. I'm sorry, it just is. And I struggle with it too. I, won't, I don't want to just be the guy who gets up here and like tells you guys like, do this, do this, do this, do this. I'm perfect. Look at me. That's not what I'm trying to say. I am a sinner. I'm a stinking, filthy sinner. And I get mad at people, and sometimes I hold grudges, and sometimes I get bitter, and it's wrong. And the Lord, like, gets a hold of my heart, and it's like, what are you doing? Like, seriously, you can't forgive that person over one stupid thing he said to you? And the thing the Lord, like, in the Bible, the the thing he's had to bring me through is, like, sometimes you just need to go to that person and talk to them. Like, it says, like, hey, like, because when we get mad at somebody, we're like, I just want to talk to everybody. The whole camp must know what a cretin she is. The whole camp must know what a horrible bag of scum that man is. Like, Or like, did you hear what he did? Did you hear what he did? And just like it turns into this big story where it's like, like you got bumped in the hallway. And then like, like by the end of it, like by the, te- by the end of the telephone game getting played, like the pastors hear about it and it's like, yeah, I heard a kid got knifed. <laughs> like <laughs> seriously, like this, this has happened. Like it's crazy. Instead of talking to everybody else... Talk to that person. Just go up and be like, hey, like I'm, and just be humble about it. Like, be like, hey, I'm, I just have to confess, like, I'm upset at you and I know it's wrong and here's what you did and I'm sorry if I did anything. That's a big thing too. Even sometimes when you know that you're right, like you know that you know that you're no, apologize too. Like, be like, because you don't know. You don't know if that person, if there's something you did to offend them. So just go up to them and be like, hey, this is what you did that hurt me and I'm sorry if I did anything to hurt you too. If I did, can you tell me what it was so I can apologize? Like how crazy is that? Instead of going around to talking to everybody else, like talk to that person and just solve it. It's like like you get like a weed, you know, and it like grows up and if you like cut it right when it starts growing, then it's done. But if you let it grow, it like spreads and the whole garden's all like weedy and gross and just nasty. That's what happens in your youth group. When a weed of bitterness and anger comes up, and you're just like, "Ah, I love this. Let it grow," Ah," you know, it's crazy. But if you're like, "Snip, nip it in the bud," it's done. Just deal with it. Or if you are too scared, talk to like one of your leaders. Talk to a guy leader or a girl leader, and just be like, "Hey, I have this problem with this person. I know it's wrong. Can you help me resolve this?" and Seriously, like, your pastors, like, would love to, like, teach you and the other person, like, about loving each other. And it would be a, it'd be a great experience for you. But don't let pride, like, hold on to you and just be like, I must hold on to this grudge. Because the problem happens where people hold on to it for years and it just destroys their life. Bitterness is cancer. I know people who hated each other in junior high who, like, still hate each other. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, he, he like, scored more baskets than you. Stupid. It's dumb. But we let these things get in our way. The Bible says, we come at it like a battle sometimes. Like, I'm just going to hack that person down with my sword. But what the Bible says is, iron should sharpen iron. All right? When there's like a problem, when there's like a difference, we're not supposed to just hate each other. We're supposed to like get together and see like, how can we make each other stronger through this? Like, Let's pray with each other. Let's work out this problem. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. It's like two swords rubbing together to make them like super, like stinking, sharp to go out and like stab some demons. You know? That's what it's all about. We're supposed to sharpen each other. We're supposed to help each other with sin. It says in Proverbs 17:17, 17, 17, "A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity." That means a brother is born for your time of need. Your friends are given to you by God to help you in your time of need. In James five sixteen, it says, confess your faults, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That means the, the prayer of a righteous man, of your friend, of a friend who's following God. Like, when your friend prays for you, when you're sinning and you're like, I need help. Like, here's what I'm struggling with. Will you pray for me? If your friend is right with Jesus and they pray for you, it says, like, that is, like, like, awesome. Like, that is, like, it availeth much. Remember Evan talked about the spiritual battle? Like, I seriously believe, like, prayer is, like, the channel that, like, brings the aid of, like, the Lord's help to us. Like, the angels. Like, there's a spiritual battle going on all the time. When we pray, it's like, God's like, they've called for help, send in the squad! And, like, these angels come down, they're like, Meow, like, stabbing demons and, like, It's crazy. You're, like, bummed out and upset because there's, like, demonic forces. And they're, like, tormenting you. They're, like, ha, ha Christian, ha, ha suffer, ha-ha, be mad, be angry. Like, whispering lies into your ears. Satan says do this, it'd be awesome. And you're, like, oh, okay. And God sends down the angels. When you pray, that opens up the gates, and God sends down the angels to help, I believe. I firmly believe this. There's a spiritual battle going on all the time, and we can't see it, but the Bible clearly says that it's happening. I want to ask you guys, are your relationships surrendered to God? Are your friends just your friends? Are those the people you're going to pray with? Are those the people you're going to encourage? Are those the people you're going to go to and confess your sins? That is a true Christian brother or a true Christian sister. And that's, we, just admit it to yourself right now, we all have that desire in our hearts. Like, yes, I want that kind of friend. A friend that sticks closer than a brother. A friend who will pray for me. A friend who will love me. A friend who will point me closer to Jesus. The secret to having those kind of friends is being those kind of friends. It starts with you. Not anyone else around you. It starts with you. Get right with Jesus. Get closer to Jesus. And be that friend to other people. Make the first move. Go up to your friends and be like, hey, like, can I pray for you? Is there anything you're struggling with? Can I just pray for you? I love you. Like, Go up to like the girl who, like, has been on your nerves all camp and just be like, hey, like, I want to pray for you, like, and I'm sorry if I've been a jerk. It'll just, it'll blow people's minds. It'll change their stinking lives. Like, that is the heart of God for all of us, that we would love one another. We're called to love each other. That is like, like, the Bible says, like, okay, we're going to get to heaven. It's going to be awesome. But right now, let's make the kingdom of heaven happen on earth. What does that look like? people loving each other. God said, they asked Jesus, Jesus, what's the number one commandment? And he says, love God and love people. That is your ultimate goal. So all these people around us, people from other churches, people who maybe get on your nerves, people from your own churches, you're just like, I can't stand him and I can't believe he came up to camp. I hate camp now. We're called to love them. And when you do, you see this awesome change that happens in your life because you've surrendered that relationship to the Lord, and he's like, yes, now I can unleash the blessings. So, that's what I had to say about friendship. Now, I have one more topic to talk about. Can you guess what it is? Love. Oh, yeah. Yep, saving the best for last. All right, now... I just want you all to know that I love you all. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. And and I hope over the course of camp, we've been able to become friends, you and I. And so, whoa, that's weird. I'm definitely not going to do that. Maybe some flour, but no sugar. None for you, Sam. But... (laughs) I hope we're friends and I hope what I have to say to you doesn't make us not friends because I do love you. And I am saying what I'm saying in love. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to tell you anything's wrong. I'm not going to stand up here and be like, don't date. That's a sin. What I will do is I want to present you with enough evidence that you can make an intelligent decision between you and the Lord on your own because I respect you guys. And I think that you are following the Lord. That's why you're here. I've seen you worship, I've seen you pray, and I believe that the majority of you, the vast majority of you, has Jesus in your hearts, and you want to follow him. So, as it, I look at, the, I tell the kids at VISTA all the time, like, you guys are like my little brothers and sisters. I look at all of you guys that way, so as an older brother to some younger siblings, this is what I have to say to you. We act the way that we've been taught, Right, like The way we've been taught is the way we act. For instance, I say that George Washington was the first president because that's what I was taught. I don't say like Marvin the Martian was the first president because that would be stupid because I was never taught that and it's false. I drive a car. Like I've been taught to put my foot on the gas pedal to go forward. I know this is pretty basic, but I've been taught that. My mom almost killed me when she was teaching me how to drive. Just wait. Oh my gosh. Learning to drive with your mom, I don't care if she's like the sweetest lady in the world, is like the worst experience you will ever have. Your mom's like, okay, sweetie, let's get in the car. You get in the car, she's like, break, brake!" Oh my gosh! Oh, semi-truck! We're all gonna die! Oh, <laughs> like, You're grounded for life forever! <sighs> it's the worst. And I love my mom, but seriously, it was so bad. But I've been taught to... Drive by putting my foot on the gas pedal to go and my you know, foot on the brake pedal to stop. I haven't been taught to like, stick my legs out the window to like, stop. That'd be stupid. If I did that, it'd be wrong. I'd, I'd do what I've been taught. I've been taught English. That's why I don't come up here and I'm like, because <laughs> that'd be stupid, because I've, I've been taught English. It'd be dumb to speak some weird language that I just made up right now. But I believe that the sad thing is just because we've been taught something doesn't mean it's right. Amen. So I believe we've been taught the wrong thing about love because you live in a culture that is like all you need is love. Like love is like the ultimate. Like, oh, love. Relationships. If you have a boyfriend, for the girls, not for the guys. If you have a boyfriend, it's like, I've arrived. I've made it. If you have a girlfriend, you're like, yes. I'm awesome. I have a girlfriend. This is sweet. And that's like culture. Like every movie, like every movie, it's like the prince must get his princess. The princess must get her prince. It's like every every movie. It's like the romance. There's always a romantic factor. And it's like the guy must get the girl at all costs. He's got to get her. And it's like, that's like, we grow up, and it's like, that's what I want. How many girls have have already started planning their wedding? Yeah? Christian? You know, that hair always made me suspicious, but now I know. Now we know. Well, most girls I know have, like, already planned their wedding, and they've got it all planned out, and they're like, he's going to wear this, I'm going to wear this, there's going to be a billion flowers, there's going to be, like, flying pigs, and... A flock of doves and like a string violin quartet. And all I have to say is reality is going to be very hard for you. I stole that joke from the other pastor. That's bad. Don't tell him. Too late. He'll hear this. Hopefully not. But love is like the ultimate. Like we look forward to it all our lives. Like we must, must have love. Like every Disney movie. Every Disney movie. It's like all about love. And maybe you're here at camp, you know, and you're with your three friends. You know, you and, your, you and your two friends. And you see some girl, and you go off with her, and your friends are like, I can see what's happening. What? And they don't have a clue. Who? They'll fall in love, and here's the bottom line. A trio's down to two. The sweet caress of twilight. There's magic everywhere. And with all this romantic atmosphere... Disasters in the air, can you feel the love tonight? You all want it. Admit it. You all want love. Just just shut your mouth and admit it right now. I don't know how you admit something while your mouth's shut, but... We all have this like burning desire for like something else. Like we want companionship, we want love. You guys, even you boys, you're like Ariel from The Little Mermaid, you know? And your dad's like, a human boy, for all you girls. Like that's that's your dad's biggest fear, a human boy. A human? (laughs) And you're like, daddy, I want more. I want to be where the sinners are, I want to sin, want to watch them sinning, sinning around with their, what do you call them, feet, I don't know, that was weird, that was weird, what is a fire and why does it, what's the word, burn, that's how we feel, we have this like fire, it's like ah, I need love, I need companionship, now this might blow your mind, that's actually okay. Like, that's cool. That's cool to feel that way. All the adults are like, oh my gosh, get the children out. Get them out. Run. Like, <clears throat> here's the thing. That's actually God given. Like, he's given you that desire for someone else, a companion. That's, he, he's given you that. We could be excited about that, right? Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. Now, here's the thing. That that feeling like that needs to be treated the right way. When asked, would you let a junior high kid, like if it was up to me, which it's not, but would you let a junior high kid date in junior high? And I would respond, would you let a toddler drive a fire truck? Would you? Because that is highly irresponsible. Like that little toddler needs to grow up and learn how to actually be a fireman and to learn how to actually treat that fire truck the right way. I think I just compared women to fire trucks. Here's the thing. We've all, you've all been given that desire for companionship, and there is one channel for that. It's a jigsaw puzzle, and there's one spot for it to go in, and that is marriage. Now, let me be the first one to tell you, marriage is stinking awesome. I am married to my best friend, and it makes every day amazing. It is the greatest thing ever. It is. It is. And I want that. I want all of you to have that. You know, I'm like the guy sitting at the top of the hill on a pile of gold. And I'm like, those poor peasants, they don't know the joy of gold. I want them to come up here with me one day, but not yet until they're older, you know, because their little legs can't walk up the hill. God's answer is marriage. Listen to this, Genesis two eighteen. It says, the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Now, we all feel like, well, maybe not me, but you. You all feel like, I need a girlfriend. I need a boyfriend. I... I think I did the girl voice when I said I need a girlfriend and the boy voice when I said I need a boyfriend. Not what I'm trying to say. But we're like, we all like, like I need somebody. Can anybody find me somebody to love? That's what we feel like. We need somebody. Somebody, 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 find me, somebody, find me, somebody. Yeah, anyway. <clears throat> it's a good song. Now... This, the thing that happens before, you know, is dating. What's the point of dating? Like, what is the ultimate goal? What is it? Marriage. Say it with me now. Marriage. Which is awesome. Most of the time though, in junior high, dating is not necessarily something that people are using to get to marriage. Like, it's not really what they're thinking. They're thinking, I need companionship. I need somebody. I need someone to hold my hand, someone to give me little looks, someone to give me a little smoochie on the cheek. I just, I need it. I just need that. I need the companionship. My BFF, my BFFFFFF. Best friend forever for, for always. It doesn't work. <clears throat> now, for some of us, it's peer pressure. It's like, girl, if you don't have a boyfriend, you're lame, and we'll kill you. We will straight up murder. Like, get one right now. If you want to be a part of the club, get a boyfriend. We all have one. Where's yours, girl? It's like, dude, bro, you don't have a girlfriend? (laughs) What's wrong with you? (laughs) You're in sixth grade. You don't have a girlfriend? (laughs) You stupid moron. (laughs) I had one in like the fourth grade. (laughs) It's like peer pressure. It's like, oh, I don't want to be lame. I need one. For some of us, it's like lust. It's like, I must fulfill my lust. So I'm going to have a boyfriend or girlfriend. Now, if you have the wrong motives, and all three of those are equally wrong motives at this point in your life, it's, it's wrong. Like, if you're dating for those reasons, that's wrong. And you're playing with hearts. You're messing around with somebody else's heart, and it's wrong. I know guys who treat girls like they date them, like they're renting a movie. Like they're like, yeah, you're my girlfriend. Then like three weeks later, it's like, I'm bored with you. Yeah, you're my girlfriend. I'm bored with you. Has anybody ever seen that happen? Yeah, it's stupid, right? Now, I've seen girls who like take advantage of guys. Like they're like, like they want to be popular, and they're like, oh, like, all the girls are like, he's so cute, and you're like, oh, everyone likes him. I'm gonna go get him. He's my mission, and you go out, and like, you like, you date him, and then he gets, like, a haircut, and he doesn't look like Justin Bieber anymore, and you're like, ew, gross. <gasps> he's hot, and you, like, go off. Oh, yay. Now I love you. It's wrong. Like, people aren't, like, your Netflix queue. Like, you can't just, like, Hang out with them and then be done and go on to the next one. That's not how it works. And get this, guys, this is really important. Bad dating practices, like bad relationship practices, is just setting you up for failure. It's like you're paving a path to divorce, is pretty much what you're doing. Because you're training yourself to love someone and be attached to that puppy love feeling, and once that's gone, you're like, I'm over it. And you're gonna be the guy who's like, had three wives. You know, and it's like you just you you marry them and it's super sweet for like a year and then you're over it. You're going to be that girl who's like just had like 20 boyfriends. Do you want to be that? I don't want you to be that at all. Bad dating sets up for divorce. It just, it, it does. It gets you ready for it. Now, guys, you are like God's treasures and he cares so much for you. What you're dealing with at this age, when you get in to love, like love, love is hot. And what I mean by that is this verse, Proverbs 6, 27, 28, can a man carry fire in his arms and his clothes not be burned? Can a man walk on hot coals and his feet not be burned? What I mean is love is like, it's like a heated situation. Like there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. It's complicated. It is. It's straight up complicated. And if Jesus isn't your focus, you're like a person who's carrying fire. Can you carry fire without being burned? No, not at all, unless you're holding a torch and the fire's on the end of the stick. But for the purpose of this illustration, can you, like, literally, like, throw fire like someone, like, flamethrowers into your arms? You're like, oh, my arms are being incinerated. This is the worst thing I've ever felt. Why would you flamethrower me? I thought we were friends. God wants to protect you. And a lot of you guys feel like Ariel. You're like, Dad, you're so lame with your stupid beard and, like, your giant triton shooting lasers. What's wrong with you, Dad, and your stupid little crab friend, Sebastian? You're so lame, Dad. You're so lame. I just want to be free. If I had a child, and that child was, like, walking towards, like, an electrical socket with a fork... Like, wouldn't I be like a bad parent if I was like, they need to find their own way. This will be good for them. A learning lesson. (laughs) Once again, I'd go to jail for being the worst parent ever. Like, no, I'm going to grab that baby and be like, hey, no, like, don't do that. Maybe even spank him and be like, no, this is wrong. Guys, like dating right now, I'm just being honest, like my personal opinion and also something I believe the Lord has spoken to me to give to you is messing around with that stuff, it's like going straight for the electrical socket with the fork. You're going to get burned. You're going to get burned. Some of you have been burned. I don't want you to get burned again. When you are in a relationship, not only if there's physical things that happen, you know, and some of you know what I mean, some of you don't. I'm not going to go into it, but you know. If you know, you know. There's physical stuff that goes into a relationship, like, that is stuff that God has saved for marriage. Not only physical stuff, but there's your heart. When you're with somebody, you're giving them a piece of your heart. And if you've been, like, with 20 people, like, you're giving your heart to, like, 20 people. And when you finally find that person who's your wife or your husband, like, what's left for them? You know? My dad he used to be a junior high pastor. And very briefly, he, like, went in for, like, one year and was like, I can't do this. High school, like... So obviously, me and him have different feelings about junior highers. Um, But he was a youth pastor for like a brief time with junior high. And I remember he told me he did a skit one time. And basically, it was awesome because like Chuck Smith was there like watching it, which made it super awkward when he told me what they did. But it was like he was like the junior high pastor and his counselors came up on stage. And they had like this like soda. It was like in a cup. So my dad grabs it and he like drinks it and, like, gargles it around. Like, yeah, this is awesome. And then he spits it back in the cup. And then he, like, hocks a loogie and spits it in the cup. Like, when he was telling me this, like, my dad is, like, the most mild-mannered, like, normal guy ever. And I'm like, you... Like, really? But it gets worse. It gets much worse. Because then he passes it to, like, his counselor buddy, and he drinks it. And then, like, like, gargles it and, like, spits it back out. And then he, like, hocks a loogie and spits it. I'm like you did not do this. And he's like, it was a different time. It was crazy back then. And so they go down the line and it's like, like four other counselors and they just like, Ugh. like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I would never ever do that, ever. Like, I love my counselors, but don't you, don't get your mouth anywhere near me. Like, I don't want any of your saliva. It's gross. And like, Chuck Smith's probably sitting there like, oh, what is going on? The devil is here, like <laughs> Satan has come in the form of Aaron Silvano's dad. Um, but they go down the line and you know it gets to the last guy and he's like, I don't want this, this is gross. And it's the same thing with us. Like when we get into a relationship with somebody, like a serious, like, serious, like things are getting pretty serious. Like when we get into that like relationship, it's like serious stuff happens. For some, I mean, physical stuff does happen. For some, it's like emotional, like heart stuff. And then we break up and our hearts are broken and we go on to the next person. And it's just like, like really like, like five people down the line and you're still not done. You're still not ready to trust Jesus and surrender your relationships to him. Like you still want to do it on your own. God doesn't look down on relationships. He loves relationships. He's the father of relationships. But he wants relationships that glorify him. And for some of you guys, I know some of you guys are in relationships right now and I want to ask you, what are your motives in this relationship? Is it to glorify God or your flesh? Are you looking to glorify God in the physical sense, like we're going to stay pure, like we're not we're, we're not going to do anything, like 6 sense rule, like always? Or is it like I'm here to please my flesh? Like I'm here to fulfill my flesh. Is it like is it friends? Is it like relationships and like drama? Like, is that what you love? You just love being in the drama. You love being in the spotlight. Is that your point in being in a relationship? Because you love the attention. Or is it to glorify God? There's a verse in Proverbs that says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. I want to challenge you guys. Your heart is something that needs to be guarded God gave that to you as a gift, not just to be freely giving to whoever you think is the cutest guy or whoever you think is like the cutest girl. You're not, like he didn't give that to you so you could just give it away. He gave it to you so you could like keep it and like as a precious gift to give to your husband one day or to give to your wife, your heart. The Bible says guard your heart. What's like the like Valentine's Day, what is it? It's it's hearts. Love is hearts. God says guard your heart. Don't let anything in that's going to tamper with your heart. People don't often guard their hearts. My question for you guys is if if love leads to marriage, isn't it serious? Like isn't that a big deal? Like who you're going to marry, isn't that like a really big serious deal? Like it is. That's like the rest of your life. God willing, if you don't give in to the world and just divorce people when you're bored of them. When I am going to make a big decision, I ask my wife. Now, let's say I was going to move. Like, so let's say I like just decide one day, like, I'm going to move to Kansas like Dorothy. I'm going to wear red shoes and have a dog named Toto and make friends with scarecrows. <laughs> That's my five-year plan. Um If I, like, didn't ask my wife, like, if I came up behind her and was like, hey, honey, hammer to the head. Knocked her out. And then I, like, grab her and, like, lovingly, like, put her on an airplane and, like, fly her to Kansas. And she wakes up and she's like, where am I? And I'm like, you're in Kansas, babe. Surprise. We moved everything. I have no job. This is great, right? She'd be like, oh, my gosh. I am going to murder you. And when you're dead, I'm going to murder you again. Like, when I make big decisions, I ask my wife. I talk to my wife. And because we love each other, because we have a relationship, we make decisions together. Now, how much more is your relationship with Jesus Christ? How much more important is that relationship? When you are going to make a big decision, like, when you're like, he's so cute. I should just go off of impulse and date him immediately, even though I know nothing about him except his Bieber haircut. Or like, even he looks like the guy's from One Direction. There's only one direction for him, and it's to my heart. When you get these feelings, are you talking to God about it? Are you praying? Are you even asking him? Are you talking to, like, your youth pastor and saying, like, hey, I like this guy? Are you talking to your parents? Are, like, your God has put your parents in charge of you, responsible for you, to guide you and to be your guide. For some of you guys, you have Christian parents, and so they can be that for you if you don't have that you have youth pastors, you have people around you, you have counselors, you have friends, people who can help you. Are you praying? Are you talking to God? Are you talking to these people? Are you just going off of impulse? Are you just listening to what all your like, friends say? Like, he's so cute, date him immediately. She's so sweet, dude, do it right now, like go ask her own. Like, are you doing that or are you talking to God? There's this verse in Proverbs 3, 6, that says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. That means in the little things, acknowledge God. Like throughout your day. Be like, God, like what should I do? Like this friend got mad at me. Like, how should I respond? Jesus, like speak to me. Like when you get into like a situation with your parents and you want to like be rebellious, acknowledge God in all your ways. Be like, God, what should I do in this situation? Like speak to me. How can I, how can I love my parents in this situation, even though I'm mad at them? When you are like feeling like you're like ready to be in like a relationship, like why on earth would you not? talk to God about it. It seriously would be like me hitting my wife in the head with a hammer and moving to Kansas without telling her. It's that crazy. And we treat it like it's so little. It's like, oh yeah, it's junior high. Let's just like have like a billion relationships. That's like, some people are like, oh no, it's good. It's like, it's practice for like the real thing. Girls, like, is that what you want to be? Like some guys practice round? Guys, like, do you want to be like some girls like practice? Like, for like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, no, I didn't love you. I just was like practicing like so like, you know, I could know how to like really have a relationship one day. You're like, oh, my heart just broke into five pieces and I'll never be able to put them back. Guys are sensitive. They won't tell you, but they really are. We are. We are. I'm, wrap- I'm wrapping this up, I promise. I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. Because <laughs> I love you guys. I really do. I'm- I really do. I promise. Only God, only God can guide you to the right person. Only God. And how good is that, knowing that the person who made us and knows everything about us is the one who wants to guide us to that person? Like, he's got that person for us, and he's just, he's stoked. He's stoked, because he's like, if you just, like, If you just, like, surrender, like, your desire to have, like, a stinking relationship in junior high and just, like, wait and be patient and not be, like, the kid who's just, like, super impatient and, like, super, like, just crazy. If you're not being that kid and you're being the kid who's, like, you know what, God? Like, I, you did create the world. You did part the Red Sea. You did die for me. Maybe I should listen to you. Maybe I should trust you. Maybe I should know that you've got my back. Maybe I should know that you have a plan for me. And if you're like that, God's so, because he's just like, yes, now, my child, you are going to get it. You are going to get awesomeness. Just be patient, and awesomeness is going to come to you. In Proverbs 19, 14, it says, parents can provide their sons with an inheritance of houses and wealth, but only the Lord can give an understanding wife. Only the Lord can bring that to you. Look at the world. Look at how many failed marriages there are. Really, the only way to make it In love is to look at the one who created love. God is love. Jesus Christ is love. Why would we try to do anything related to love without going through him first? It'd be crazy. I want to tell you guys a little bit about my story. So this is about me and my sweet wife. I know. Get ready. Grab the hankies. It's going to be awesome. All right, so a little background on me. I had, like, the worst luck with the ladies ever in junior high. My nickname was Acorn Head. I was, like, short, I was chubby, and I had, like, little frumpy, like, curly hair. And they were like, oh, your head totally looks like an acorn. You're an acorn head. <laughs> like, they did that to me. I did cry. I was a very sensitive lad. So around like second grade, there was this one girl and I was just like, oh my gosh, she is so cute in her little dresses. I love her. And I like wanted to like be her boyfriend. Like I had like kind of like a girlfriend like in kindergarten, like kind of. I actually, if my memory serves me right, like we held hands like one day. Maybe it was an accident. I think I like tripped and fell and like she grabbed my hand. I'm like, yes, instant girlfriend. Ha ha, you will be mine. She's like, "You no. You smell. <laughs> so there was this one girl like in at my school and I thought she was the bee's knees and you know, thought she was great. And you know, I kept trying to like make a move and she ended up like dating like this really, like we were like in sixth grade and then she was like dated this eighth grader and I was like, well, that's weird. He was like this jock. Then the next year she broke up with him and she dated this like other jock And I was like, so close. And like, I was like the guy, like with all the girls, like, I was like the undateable guy because I was just like too nice. Like, girls just always go for like the bad guys. What is up with that? And they'd come to me and they're like, Aaron, like, Aaron, I just want to talk to you. And I'm like, yes. And they're like, my boyfriend is such a jerk. Can we just talk about this like for hours? I'm like, what about me? I'm not a jerk. Come on, look at me. I've got an acorn head. You know, and it just didn't work out with that one girl. She just kept dating jocks, and I just eventually gave up. And, you know, there was a couple other girls in school. Like, there was this one girl I sat next to in class. And she was really funny and thought we'd hit it off. And, um, you know, I, I tried to ask her to the dance. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to go to the dance. And she's like, I have a boyfriend. And I was like, because my buddy, Trevor Daigle, told me she didn't. <laughs> I was like, she's single, right? He's like, yeah, dude, go for it, dude. And I call her. She's like, yeah, we've been dating for, like, years. Like, how did you not know this, idiot? Click. I was like, dang it. Um, I got, like, the worst, the worst. Like, it got to the point where I was like, okay, I realize I'm never going to have a girlfriend, but I just want to date to, like, the dance. That's all I want. Like, you don't have to look at me. You don't have to, like, talk to me. Like, let's just... Like, just go to the dance with me. Like, please, just go to the dance. Because all my friends had dates, and I was the one guy who never had a date. And I would, like, show up, like, with my sister, like, my mom or something. You know? And I got, like, the worst responses. Like, I'd call, and I'd be like, hey, like, you want to go to the dance? It could be really fun. And this one girl was like, oh, I, I can't go because I think there's this other boy who might ask me. And I'm like, the dance is in three days, and I'm asking you now. She's like, yeah, No. <laughs> Like. And the guy never asked her. She didn't go. I was like, really? My chopped liver. Come on. There's this other time I call this other girl and she's like, she's like, oh, I would go, but like my best friend's not going. And I like promised her like I wouldn't go if she didn't go. And then they both show up, and I'm like, the heck? Really? Wow. So you know, and I was like this guy, like I, I like at the age of um. At the age of 15, I weighed like 240 pounds, so I got pretty big, and I had an afro, so I was like this gentle giant. I was like this big guy. Everyone knew me as like the big, like, Aaron, like, he's goofy, but like, I was like, un- I was undateable, you know? I was just like, I, yeah, it was, I had this huge afro, and I can totally see it now. Yeah, you remember the afro? Yeah. And I just tried to be so nice to girls, and they just like, they kept going after these jerks, and I was just like, I was over it. So by the end of high school, I was like, God, I get it. Bachelor to the rapture, you know? I'm just going to serve you just going to cruise, just never going to have a girlfriend, you know, and it's, I'm just going to be a hermit and live in a cave. Be like the creepy old man that comes out and is like, I never had a wife, but I have a knife. <laughs> I not know. I was just like, I was just, that was my plan. That was my life plan. And I remember, I remember God spoke to me. I was driving and God like spoke to me and he was like, Aaron, I've got this. Like, I've got you taken care of, but he's like, you need to stop worrying so much about, like, who you're going to be with. You need to stop, like, chasing after, like, girls that, like, are never going to work out. Those, those girls, they're not for you. And he's like, I've got this all worked out. Here's what you do. You fall in love with me before you fall in love with anybody else. You fall in love with me before you fall in love with anybody else. So, so I, that's what I set out to do. Like, I was like, all right, God, you're going to be my priority. Like, I'm going to focus on you. So I started reading my Bible more, started praying more. And I just kind of forgot about the whole girl thing. And then I, um, I remember I was going to go to Bible college. And, um, you know, when I went to Bible college, I was like, like, a lot of people called Bible college bridal college. Like, that's where you go to, like, find your woman. And that's, like, a lot of guys, like, who I went with, like, they were like, yeah, bridal college. And, like, they saw a girl and they are like, you cute, me man, we date. And, like, they did that. Like, like, and then, like, two weeks later, they break up and they'd be after some other girl. Like Tarzan like grabbing her hair, like hitting her on the head and dragging her, like it was crazy. And I'm like, I don't want any part of that. Like, so I was like, God, I'm gonna go to college, and you know what I want, Lord? I want a best friend. I want like a bro, like a sweet bro, who's gonna like live in my dorm with me and like be like a dorm buddy. And we'll like get up every morning and like drink tea, because we're like in England. I went to Bible College in England. So it's like we'll get up and drink tea and like read the word together and like study it. It'll be awesome, and like we'll just be encouraging to one another, and it'll be so rad. So I show up to Bible college and like my dorm is like all these guys from like New Jersey who already like knew each other and they're like in a band together. And I'm like the one guy who shows up and I had like huge hair, like it was like like it was super long and I wore like headbands and like hippie pants and like just weird stuff. Like I was this I was like a space cadet, like I looked like an alien. I had like hair like Chewbacca. You know? And I just I show up and they're like, hey, hey dude, but I just I never really clicked with any of them. And then on the other side of the room, there was like this like really English guy who was like, yes, a cup of tea, yes, let's have a cup of tea, mm, yes, rather, I'm quiet, mm, yeah, mm, yeah, Like, <laughs> seriously, like, that's what he did. He was like, yes, and am mm, quiet, mm, yeah. And I was like, you're weird. I, I don't know if I could be your friend. This is crazy. It just, so it didn't work, and I'm like super bummed. I'm like, my best friends were in the other flat, like Trevor Daigle, Casey. Those guys were in the other side of the, co- the college campus. And I was like, how did I get stuck away from my friends and in this dorm? And I remember... I was going for a walk one night and, you know, we were all walking together and that's, like, when I met uh, Brooklyn. And I was like, this girl's really cool, you know? And she was, like, there was girls at Bible College who were, like, super flirty, like, with everybody, just like, hey there, hi there, hey there. I love Jesus, do you? <laughs> 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 Bible College! <laughs> like, super flirty. Like, Brooklyn wasn't like that. Like, she was just super friendly and, like, really genuine. And I was like, this is someone, like... I feel like I could, like, really, like, get to know, you know? And so it would happen, like, we'd, the whole group would, like, go on walks. And, like, somehow, through, like, divine nature intervention, like, Brooklyn and I would, like, end up, like, walking together by ourselves, like, by the lake and just, like, talk about life. And I was, like, after, like, a couple weeks, I was, like, I, I feel happy. <laughs> I feel love. And, like, my instinct was, like, you know, like, I got to do something about this. But God was, like, No like, you wait, you wait, just wait, just wait, 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 and, like, everything that I had known from, like, before is, like, you see a girl, you like her, like, you go after her, and God's, like, no, you wait, you wait, you wait, you wait, and it was the coolest thing, because I prayed for a best friend, and through the course of Bible college, me and Brooklyn became, like, best friends. But it wasn't like a boyfriend and girlfriend thing. There was no hand-holding. There was no smooching. There was like none of that stuff. It was just like we were friends. And we'd talk about the Lord together. We'd encourage each other. We'd go on like walks. We'd go do our grocery shopping together. But it was just like we were like best friends. And like at the end of the like Bible college, people were like, so are you guys together? And we're like, oh, no, no, we're just, we're just friends. Like we're, we're just friends, you know. And it was so cool because like the Lord answered my prayer for a best friend. And I got that best friend. And it was like the best thing ever. And then the whole time, I, like, I loved her. Like, I was so in love. But God was, like, you need to wait. And, like, we, we were at the airport. Oh, gosh, I'm going to get all, like, <gasps> <sighs> we were, like, at the airport after Bible college, and, like, we, like, had our first hug, you know? And it was, like, she was, like, going away, and, like, I was, like, I'm never going to see her again. Like, this is, I should have told her, God, why did, why did you tell me to wait? Ah, oh. and she flew away back to Maine, where she lives, and, you know, I just was like, I've got to trust the Lord, and so, you know, we started to call each other, like, in super long distance, it cost a lot of money, you know, and she actually had to stay up, like, really, really late at night to talk to me, because of the time difference, we just call each other, and we just, like, talk, like, how was your day, how did things go, how are you, we'd write each other, you know, it's like, what's the Lord doing in your life, how's he blessing you, you know, and it was so cool, because it's like, that best friendship continued, and all the whole time, like, she's, like, falling in love, too, you know, and Like, she didn't tell me and I didn't tell her. And finally, I'm just like praying and I'm like, God, I love this girl. And God's like, okay, now. Like, what does that mean? He's like, you know what it means. And I did. I got on a plane and I flew to Maine and I was like, I love you. Will you be my girlfriend? And It was amazing because it was like it was just it was perfect. And we started dating and you know I went back to California and pretty soon she moved out there and you know we did the long distance thing for like a little bit, but eventually, you know, I I got really sick and she's like, I can't handle this anymore. And so she came out and took care of me while I was sick and stuff, and you know, we get married and she's my best friend now, and I stinking love her and I'm embarrassing her, but you know, it's great. Um. So in a way, I'm like excited because I feel like, like I win, like I won, like I was like one of the first people in my class to get married and like, well, they're all like dating all these people and getting in these like weird relationships and you know, like trusting the Lord, it works, it works, that's all I can say, trusting the Lord, like if you surrender to your, your life to the Lord, it works, stop trying to do it on your own, God is like a master storyteller. And all of us, you guys are God's kids. You are his children. You deserve a good love story. You really do. You're precious to him, and he wants to give it to you. You deserve that. Here's the thing, you know, like, what's the guy's name, Uh, Michelangelo or like Da Vinci, one of those guys? Who's the guy who painted the Sistine Chapel? One of the Ninja Turtles? Donatello? Leonardo Da Vinci. Michelangelo? Who says Michelangelo? Who says Leonardo da Vinci? All right, I'm going to go with Michelangelo. Michelangelo is a master painter. Like this, this place, like imagine like the Sistine Chapel, like this roof. He goes up and like spends years just painting this masterpiece. It's like crazy. It's so detailed. Like this whole roof. Pretty much would be detailed with like hundreds of thousands of little angels and like God's like stretching his hand out and touching man and it's like it's crazy the super detailed painting it's a masterpiece now if you tell me to paint the Sistine Chapel I'm gonna go up there with some crayons and it's gonna be the worst thing ever (laughs) like it's gonna be so bad You're, you're gonna like vomit when you see it like your love story God is the master writer you like, in love language, don't even understand like basic English now. Like, you write your love story, it's like, I done saw a girl, I done think she nice, we done dated, eh. <laughs> uh, that's the end. Then we broke up, next one, <laughs> awesome. Like, that's, that's what the love story we write. But God, he's got this masterpiece planned for us. And if you just like, you're, you're like the kid who's like holding on like, mine, no, mine, no, mine! And God's like, just please, Give it to me, and let me give you something better. You're like the kid who's like holding on to like a stale cracker, and God's like, I've got a cake for you. Come on, why do you want that stale cracker, you weirdo? Come on, girls. I want to see you with a guy who will take care of you, not a guy who'll use you. Guys, men. I want to see you with a girl who will encourage you and bless you, not a girl who's going to cause you to stumble. Most of all, whoever you end up with, I want that person to be the the person more than anyone else in the world, the number one person who's going to point you to Jesus Christ every single day. That's the kind of person I want to see you with. Guys, guys, I want you to look around here and look at the girls in the room. These girls are not here for your pleasure. They're here for God's pleasure. Girls, same thing with you. These guys here, they're not here for your pleasure. They're here for God's pleasure. Guys, these girls, they're God's daughters. If you mess with God's daughters, you mess with Him. Girls, the guys here, these are God's sons. If you mess with God's sons, you mess with Him. So you might say, what am I to do? I want someone. I need someone. How does it happen? Well, I want you to think about this story. See, when God made Adam, the first man, in the Garden of Eden. He makes him, and Adam looks around, and he sees Mr. Hippo with Mrs. Hippo, and Mrs. Elephant with Mr. Elephant, and Mr. Monkey with Mrs. Monkey. And he realizes, there's no one for me. I don't have a mate. I don't have another person. So what am I supposed to do, Adam says. God says, Adam, just, just chill, just wait, just relax. But Adam says, no, I've gotta find somebody. And God says, no, 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 just rest. And so God actually puts Adam to sleep. He says, Adam, you take a nap. And while Adam is sleeping, while Adam is resting, God creates the perfect woman, the perfect mate for him. And Adam wakes up and sees Eve and goes, whoa, I can't believe this, this is amazing. God has created the perfect person for me while I was resting. And that's my encouragement to you guys. Rest in the Lord. Don't try so hard to find somebody. Instead, just rest. Trust the Lord. Trust that He has your best interest. Trust that He wants to bring you together with that perfect person. It's not gonna happen tomorrow, but it will happen in His time. And you just need to rest and wait. So that's all I have to say. I'm gonna pray for you guys. Lord, I pray for these kids that you would just bless them. I pray that they would not desire to seek after relationships before it's the right time, but that they would trust you and that they would put their faith in you and that they wouldn't go after these things on their own, but that they would talk to you about them, that they'd ask you about them, that they would seek you, Lord, before they seek someone else. God, for the young women here, I pray that their hearts would be so hidden in you that it would take a man having to seek you to find them. And for the guys, I pray that they would be young men who follow after you with all their heart. They would seek after you. They'd go after you. Turn them into the men that you called them to be. I pray for all these kids that one day they would be amazing husbands and amazing wives. Help them, Lord, to seek you first. In your name, amen.